Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the True Condos Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Andrew LaFleur, and thank you for listening. Today on the show, we have Sean Hildebrand of Urban Nation. I've been trying to interview Sean for quite a while now. He's one of the best known people in the condo industry, and Urban Nation certainly is one of the best known companies in the condo industry in Toronto, but also across North America. Uh, nobody tracks the condo market to the level of uh, detail, you could say, across all sectors, resale, new, rental, in the way that Urban Nation does. Also, uh, you know, I should disclose that I'm also an Urban Nation subscriber myself. What that means is I pay Urban Nation um, for their data. And the reason I do that is um, where most real estate agents would never consider paying um, quite a bit of money, actually, for uh, this kind of data is because uh, I, it adds a lot of value to my clients. Um, the information they provide helps in making better investment decisions, understanding the market better, understanding the opportunities and the challenges that are in the market. And um, my clients can take advantage of that by working with me. Um, and also subscribers to truecondos.com. A uh, little plug there. If you're not a subscriber already, make sure you head over to truecondos.com and become a subscriber today. Uh, subscribers also benefit from this information as well through the newsletters, emails, uh, articles, videos, interviews like this that I uh, provide to you. So Urban Nation is fantastic and I really appreciate the data that they put out. Uh, so I talked to Sean about a number of things, uh, anything that surprised him about the market this year, you can hear about that. Um, what's happening obviously in the market right now, the question about uh, are there going to be a, a um, massive glut of condos, as some of the headlines have said, coming online, uh, and how that's going to affect the market? Is that actually a reality or not? We talk about the rental market, what's happening, where the, uh, the, the hot areas are of the market. And I asked him to bring out his crystal ball, which he has a very accurate crystal ball uh, on his desk there, and he is predicting what's going to happen in the condo market over the next five years. So that's today's interview, Sean Hildebrand. But before we get to that, just wanted to look again, as I've been doing the past few episodes, what's in the news today about the market. And today, as I look at the Globe and Mail, I see the headline, plunging crude prices could delay interest rates hike, says the Bank of Canada. So interest rates, let's talk about that for a moment. A lot of people like to say, Andrew, you know, the numbers uh, on these investments look good for pre-construction, but, you know, that's based on interest rates, you know, being good today and being low today. But we all know interest rates are going to go up and they're going to go up a lot. And when that happens, you know, the market's going to crash and this and that. Um, again, as I've been saying for years, uh, we are in low interest rates are a new reality. This is where we're going to be for a very long time. Uh, we've sort of dug ourselves a hole here, and it's going to take a very long time to get out of this hole, so to speak, of being in a low interest rate environment. Sure, eventually at some point in time, interest rates will go up, but all signs are pointing to the fact that that is not going to be anytime soon. I mean, the Bank of Canada's tune of the past six months or so has been 
we're not going to touch interest rates for the next 18 months. Basically, what they're indicating by that is we have zero need or urgency or reason to raise interest rates. You know, anytime in our foreseeable horizon is basically what they're saying. So, uh, you know, it's quite conceivable that we will not see any interest rate rises over the next, you know, 36 months. Uh, and when we, whenever we do see interest rates rising, it's not going to happen all overnight. They're not going to suddenly jack up interest rates 1%. Obviously, that would shock the economy to the extent that it would be detrimental. When interest rates do uh, start to go up, whenever that might be, they're going to do it slowly, you know, uh, uh, 25 basis points at a time over, you know, a period of probably two, three, four years. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not going to happen overnight. We're not going to see the Bank of Canada essentially sabotage the uh, the real estate market and, and possibly the broader economy by jacking interest rates up. Uh, and the reality is that the if you look at the global economy, especially the United States, it's still just not doing very well. We are not seeing strength in the overall economy, and therefore we are not in a you know there, there's no reason to raise interest rates. Uh, and so that, that's my two cents on the interest rate question for anybody who's interested in that angle. Love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to send me an email anytime, andrew at truecondos.com. Or you can also leave a comment if you like on the show notes for this episode, truecondos.com slash, slash Sean, S-H- A-U-N, Sean Hildebrand, who we're interviewing today. Okay, enough for me. Let's get to the interview. Here's my interview with Sean Hildebrand of Urbanation. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. All right, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show Sean Hildebrand. Sean is the Vice President at Urbanation. And uh, Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Great. Looking forward to this interview. I know we've been trying to connect for a little while here, but uh, excited to hear what you've got to say about the market and what's happening. So let's get started. How did you get started in real estate yourself in this world? Um, Tell us a little bit about who you are and your background. Sure. Um, So I studied uh, economics in both my undergrad and, and graduate degrees. And um, there weren't many specific courses to real estate economics, but I also I, I found real estate as a sort of a useful tool to help understand some of the, I guess, abstract concepts I was learning, because it kind of incorporates elements of both uh, macro and microeconomics. So ultimately, I focused a lot of my research assignments while I was studying uh, and my thesis work uh, on, on, on real estate economics. Um, and I, I really wanted to kind of pursue that, uh, that, that area of study after, after I completed school as well. Um, so after school, I was fortunate to work with uh, the federal government and, uh, and the Bank of Canada in Ottawa for a time. Um, but ultimately, I, I wanted to be in, in Toronto. So um, I worked with a private economic consulting firm, um, which was mostly focused on wealth management. Um, but my work was uh, centered around analyzing household assets and debt trends. So, so basically, you know, analyzing and taking a look at the household balance sheet. 
so again, a lot of my focus was on on, on real estate assets and, and, and mortgage debt and that sort of thing. And at one point while I was working there, I attended a CMHC forecast conference, and uh, right there I decided that that's what I wanted to do. I, I felt like uh, that was kind of a perfect fit for 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 where I saw myself going. And then not too long after that, I was fortunate enough to to land a position with CMHC, and uh, I was able to manage housing market research. And uh, it was focused specifically on the GTA market. It was it was an incredible experience. Um, I got to work with some of the smartest economists around. I got to focus all of my time on the Toronto market and uh, really see firsthand um, the inner workings of probably the most important institution in the housing market and, and, and one of the most important in the economy in general. So naturally, a lot of my time, uh, because I did focus on the Toronto market, was spent analyzing the condo market. And I was asked, it seemed like, uh, on an almost a weekly basis to brief upper management on, on what was going on. And uh, I had the opportunity to consult with the president and, and the CMHC board uh, on the condo market. And ultimately, I was, I was a very heavy user of the urban nation data. So when the opportunity came up to take over running urban nation, it was very interesting to me. Not only could I, you know, focus continue to focus on the condo market, where really all the eyes are pointed to these days. Um, I also got to gain experience uh, on the operation and strategy side of, of running and, and growing a small research company. So it's, it's really been uh, an incredible experience so far. Uh, I work with an amazing team that is unbelievably dedicated and, and really truly passionate about the local housing market. We're, we're a small team. Um, we all have our own individual strengths and we work very well together. And, uh, you know, even though we're small in terms of company size, uh, I think we're, we're, we're very large in terms of our output and uh, in industry presence. That's great. Um, for those people who don't know, tell us what is CMHC and what is their role in the housing market in Canada a little bit? Because that's really, like you said, you got your start there. Tell us a little bit about CMHC. Well, CMHC's main, main, main line of business has been mortgage insurance, so in, in, insuring um, High ratio loans. Um, so if you have less than a 20% down payment, um, the, the, the banks require um, uh, insurance for the loan, and, and CMHC um, would, would, would provide the insurance for that. And so you would pay a premium on your on your mortgage amount um, to the bank, who ultimately pays it to uh, to CMHC. So um, a, a lot of uh, interest, a lot of uh, inner workings uh, dedicated to understanding uh, the health of the of the overall housing market. So market analysis was a very large part of the organization, um, understanding the market from a risk perspective, taking a look at um, CMHC's own individual insurance portfolio um, and, and analyzing trends within that pool of assets and, uh, and, 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 and sort of working across all lines of, 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 of business uh, within CMHC was, was, part of the, was part of the role. Okay, so C- CMHC obviously insuring a lot of mortgages in Canada, Crown Corporation, so they're very interested in the health of the Toronto condo market. Uh, and so that's, you, you spend a lot of your time basically day in, day out studying the Toronto condo market. That's right. Yeah. A lot of attention obviously on the condo market and um, most of the headlines are, are related to, or they, at least they have been related to perhaps a, a bubble forming in the Toronto condo market. So naturally it raises concerns within an organization as important as CMHC. So ultimately they want to learn more. So um, 
uh, we were very fortunate enough to have organizations like Urbanation who focus specifically on the condo market and are able to offer um, very fine levels of detail uh, of, of, of all aspects of, of, of the condo market in Toronto. So let's get into the market itself right now. I know, uh, I think you're, you said you're working on the third quarter report for Urbanation. Is that right? It should be coming in soon. Yeah, we're updating our, our third quarter numbers for uh, new condo sales and, and resale activity. We recently and put out the uh, the rental activity uh, report uh, earlier this month. That's right. We, we'll talk about the rental numbers for sure. But uh, in terms of uh, the the Q3 uh, sales report, what uh, what kind of sneak peek can you give us? Like, how what are things looking like for Q3, or what kind of trends are you seeing uh, developing this year? Uh, well, the, the first half of the year was unbelievably strong, um, but we were also coming off a fairly weak period in 2013. Sales in the first half of the year were up about 65%, but again, coming from fairly depressed levels in, 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 in the first half of, uh, of last year. So we've seen um, a lot more activity occurring. It still seems to be fairly centralized. Um, most of the sales activity and launch activity happening within the core of the city. Um, that's where developers are, are, are feeling most confident, and that's where most investors are looking to purchase these days. Not as much in the 905. Um, so we've gotten to a point where inventory levels uh, in the core are actually quite low. Um, of all units that are in development right now, they're, they're collectively over 90% sold. We haven't seen a ton of new launches, so I think there is uh, still quite a bit of room to grow in the core. The 905 has been, um, so the suburbs have been, have been adjusting. Um, they've been dealing with higher levels of inventory uh, as a result of the overhang caused by the slowdown last year. But they're working their way down, and I think as we move through uh, the later part of this year and into 2015, we'll probably see more activity happening in some of the larger markets uh, outside of the city, like in Markham, Mississauga. We're seeing actually quite a bit of activity happening in the West End, in Burlington, and, uh, and in even, even other areas of the Holton region. What do you think is driving this market right now? What's, what's driving the the demand, uh, in your opinion, as you said, sales up 65% this year over last year for the first half. What do you think is, is sort of the story behind the story here? Well, most of the activity that happens in the new condo market happens at pre-construction sales centers and, uh, at least half, probably more, uh, of pre-construction buyers are investors. So it really comes down to investor sentiment, how confident they are in the marketplace do they see uh, a stable market going forward? I don't think they have distorted expectations for you know huge price gains in a short period of time, but they do recognize opportunities that are presenting themselves in the rental market. Vacancy rates are still you know very low. Rents are holding stable. Rental demand is probably at or close to uh, its highest level in over 20 years. So they're 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 longer term investors that see longer term potential and longer term value in the marketplace. I don't think that the market is being driven by speculative investors. If that were the case, we'd be we would have been seeing prices grow much quicker than they have been. Prices in the new condo market are growing at two or three percent year over year. Um, that's a very sustainable rate of rate of growth. Um, we're not seeing um, overly aggressive price increasing increases and investors bidding up prices um, to you know astronomical uh, levels. What we're seeing now is actually very competitive pricing in the marketplace uh, to the extent that 
pricing for pre-construction condos is at or slightly below uh, levels that we saw even a couple of years ago. Pricing when you move off of Young Street is, 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 it has been discounted. We're seeing the downtown east uh, seeing a lot of traction, um, and, uh, and investors are noticing this. They're seeing that you know, comparable projects in the resale market, recently completed projects, are trading at comparable values to pre-construction units, which is something that hasn't really been the case in previous years. So I think they're, they're recognizing more value, and uh, they're seeing stable uh, conditions on the horizon for the market, and that's really what's, uh, what, what's, what's bringing uh, kind of a return of confidence to the market this year. Has there been anything that surprised you this year from the numbers so far? Yeah, it, it's, it, just the numbers in general have surprised me. We were expecting somewhere around you know, 16,000 sales or so for 20, uh, 2014. It looks like we'll probably reach uh, at least above 18,000 this year. So I was, I was surprised at how quickly confidence returned to the marketplace and how quickly inventory levels adjusted down. So um, part of the reason why we didn't see a lot of um, activity uh, in 2013 was because there wasn't a lot of new launches, mostly because developers were focused more on un- unwinding uh, inventory at their existing sites. But the incentives that they offered uh, really attracted the attention of buyers, and that brought down inventory levels to a more appropriate level that would uh, necessitate a higher level of new openings coming into the marketplace. So it, it would allow for more, you know, more supply uh, in terms of project launches. So I was surprised at how quickly the market adjusted. I thought that it would be a, a sort of a slower process. But uh, it, it happened actually quite quickly, and uh, developers who were sort of uh, waiting around in 2013 reacted very quickly in the first half of 2014 to getting new projects out there to meet that level of demand. So um, you probably get asked this more than anybody. You're at a cocktail party or whatever. You're you're on the street. Someone note, finds out what you do. The first thing they probably say is, "Oh, Sean, there's so many condos going up in Toronto. I see the cranes everywhere." isn't this thing all just going to crash soon? What's your uh, sort of cocktail party answer to that uh, statement from someone you hear that sentiment? Yeah, it's quite often to be asked if we're sort of in a bubble. The bubble word seems to be kind of the buzzword that, that gets tossed around uh, when whenever you talk of the, uh, the local condo market. Um, I think bubble is, is, is definitely the wrong word to, to apply to the current market. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't take much to pop a bubble, and they'll eventually burst under their own weight. Um, I, I heard once um, uh, an economist, I think, at one of the banks, refer to the current market as, as, as more of a balloon. So, meaning that you know the market has clearly inflated, but it would require something sharp and something meaningful to cause any sort of damage. And unlike a bubble, a balloon can kind of slowly let its air out rather than you know. Uh, become popped by you know a slight change in policy or even just a modest rise in interest rates or slightly weaker economic growth and and and, and cause prices to collapse that way. So I, I tend to agree more with that analogy. Um, but I would you know I would go even a, a step further and say that you know the current market is 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 kind of one of like those you know those those long skinny balloons that that clowns use to uh to make animals for kids in the sense that it hasn't uh inflated overnight it's been sort of a a steady and gradual rise in the marketplace i guess from apart from a brief period of uh, of, of frenzy in 2011 so i think that you know we'll still see growth over the longer term um but the short term uh may experience its bumps and perhaps brief periods of deflation um, which I think is natural and healthy for any market to go through. 
I think that, as I mentioned before, ex- expectations in this market are very well, well anchored in reality. I, I don't think many uh, buy with the intention of making a, uh, you know, a quick amount of money. The focus on the market um, has been sort of in the longer term, and, and the market itself has already gone through a test, I think, in the last uh, 12 to 18 months. As we've seen demand slow and supply rise, market conditions have remained very stable, and that's provided, at least me, from an analytical uh, point of view, more confidence in the market going forward. It's been very resilient, and, um, and, 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 and you know, supply, developers, buyers, they've all adjusted very quickly to changes in market conditions, which means that they're very, very much on top of what's going on in today's market. They don't have distorted expectations. So I think that uh, what's happened today um, has really set the stage for uh, what's happening uh, in the market uh, moving forward. Um, as I said, you know, we're seeing development uh, increase. Uh, we're seeing uh, sales levels begin to rise again. And that's coming at a time that we're going to be seeing higher levels of supply. So as forecasters, we know kind of the outlook for supply because we measure um, activity at such early stages of development. We know the number of units that are in pre-construction. We know the number of units that are set to come to completion over the next few years. And what we see is still a record level of units under construction and completions that are going to continue to remain at very high levels. So we know that supply is going to remain strong. We feel confident that demand is going to remain at least stable, and uh, that's should create uh, conditions that will allow uh, prices and rents to at least hold steady. We may not see a high growth scenario, but at least we won't see um, you know, a, a deflationary environment over the next little while. And we can certainly talk about the longer term and, and, and benefits of the condo market and, and, and how you know, development is, is shifting towards high rise and, and, and all of the sort of the supporting facts um, that go into uh, into leading to higher condo prices in the future. Um, but I think a lot of people are, 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 are focused on what's going to happen over the next couple of years. And uh, as I mentioned, it's, it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride, but I, I don't expect to see a lot of turmoil. And, uh, and, and any sort of period of, uh, of weakness is going to be followed by a period of strength. So I think there's going to be some pretty good opportunities in the market over the next little while, as there are right now. What are we looking at in terms of completions this year? Because uh, that's something... Haven't heard too much about it lately in the media, but past couple of years there's a lot of headlines around this, you know, glut, as they like to say, glut of units coming onto the market is is just going to cause rental rates and prices to collapse because there's so many units under construction. We're gonna see, you know, thirty, thirty-five thousand units coming on this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we actually seeing this what is it looking like for twenty fourteen in terms of number of completions? And moving forward, um, what picture are you seeing there? So we've been tracking this very closely. And um, at the end of each year, we look at the number of units that are scheduled to complete in, in, in the coming year. And what we've noticed that uh, is that over the last few years, there's been a pretty big gap. So um, the units that are supposed to come to completion are always way higher than the number of units that, are, that, that actually do come to completion, a, a gap of around 10,000 units, actually. So there were supposed to be... Um, uh, upwards of 30,000 units or so coming to completion this year. It doesn't look like we'll probably even surpass 20,000 or so. So um, that's a level that I think is probably going to be averaged over the next few years, um, which is above above average. Uh, the average over the past five to 10 years has been somewhere around 14,000. So we are seeing higher levels of, levels of supply, but it's not as if we're, gonna, we're going to see the 55,000 units that are under construction right now all come to completion within 
you know, a 12-month period. They're going to be staged and staggered. And uh, some, some will be grouped together, which means that we will, as I mentioned, see, you know, some, some pockets of, of, of very high supply growth in relation to demand. But averaged over the next few years, I, I, I don't see um, uh, completions creating an oversupply situation uh, on their own, at least. Um, let's shift gears and talk about the rental market now. As you said, the Q3, Q3 rental report was just released um, by, uh, by Urban Nation. Um, what are we seeing in the rental market? Um, what's the story there this year? So the, the rental market's been, it's been very fascinating this year, and we've been watching it very closely. Um, the market is very heavily influenced by new supply, and um, up until this year, uh, I think there was, there was an unbelievable amount of pent-up demand for new rentals. And, 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 you know, the new supply that was being offered by investors from, from new completions was being snapped up very, very quickly. Um, we were hearing reports of even bidding wars uh, for new condo rentals. And rents were growing noticeably um, for the first time in about 15 years. We saw rents grow um, by, by over 4% in, in 2000 and, uh, 2012 and 2013 each. This year, uh, market conditions have changed a bit. So units are still in very high demand, um, but there's been enough of them on the market now that they've created enough supply competition to hold rents steady. So rents um, in the first half of this year, or the first three quarters of this year, are up about 1.5% compared to the same period last year. So we are seeing um, a flattening out in, 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 in rental appreciation, although still holding steady. So there's a couple of things that are, that are happening here. I think we are seeing uh, some winding down of previous levels of pent-up demand. Um, I think we've reached or have um, or are close to reaching um, peak levels of rental demand, at least in the near term. Um, if you take a look at some of the fundamentals like immigration, um, that's been slowing recently. Uh, population growth between the ages of, say, 15 and 34 isn't quite as strong as it was over the previous couple of years. Um, it, we're seeing a, a slightly weaker employment situation this year as well. Um, at the same time, supply is still on the rise, right? We're, we're not going to see uh, that slow down over the next couple of years. So what it's doing is, is, is creating more balance in, in the rental market. It's still a very strong market, but it's not as tight as it once was. So it's leading to a situation where rents don't need to grow by the same extent that they have been. And it's possible that we'll see vacancy rates edge, edge, up, slowly, edge up slightly. So last year, um, so CMHC measures uh, condo vacancy rates in the fall of every year, and, and they're set to report their numbers in December. Uh, last year, we saw average vacancy rates for condos move up to 1.8% from 1.2% in the previous year. So still, you know, very low levels, but kind of gradually moving up. Um, when they report vacancy rates this year, I, I don't expect to see a huge increase, but it may, it may, uh, it may move up slightly higher than, than 1.8%. But still, an average of 2% uh, is still a very low vacancy rate uh, by any measure, and, um, and, and it's still very supportive of current, current rent levels in the market. I think it's also important to note that what's happening in the market right now is fairly short-term. So supply growth is going to remain strong from new completions over the next few years. But when you move in that post-2016, 2017 period, you're going to see completion slow down considerably because we haven't been seeing many new projects launching in the, in the last couple of years. At the same time, you're probably going to see further support for rental demand as interest rates begin to move higher and home ownership becomes uh, relatively less affordable. So 
um, you know, the, the, the short term has uh, its challenges, um, but the longer term, I think, for, for rental growth is, is, uh, is really bright. And uh, we've been talking to a lot of developers lately, and, and there's quite a bit of interest these days in, in actually constructing purpose-built rental projects across the city. Yeah, that's certainly something we've talked about on previous episodes of this podcast and different developers I've interviewed as well. Um, a lot of developers, like you say, looking at, hey, instead of building this condo and selling these units off, we're looking at the rental market and seeing how strong it is. Why don't we just hold on to this building ourselves um, and rent it out? Because developer, you know, the average condo developer has a much longer term uh, sort of outlook than the average individual investor who's sort of just thinking, what, what is my money going to do in the next five years? Versus, uh, you know, the average developer is thinking, what is my, you know, business and my uh, my um, uh, money going to do over the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and there's certain pockets of the city that see very high uh, rental premiums, but maybe not as high of a premium on the price side. So certain locations um, certainly do lend themselves better to, to building purpose-built than uh, perhaps condo, even though condo is obviously a, a good option as well. Breaking it down in the rental market, um, you know, the Q3 numbers looks like overall rents are up on a per square foot basis around 1% or so mm-hmm. uh, year over year. But you have different sub markets within the that, you know, Toronto market. So breaking it down, where are the where are the areas where you are seeing stronger growth still year over year? Um. Well, the, the the core, which is sort of the largest part of the of, of the of the rental market, is is pretty much in line with the market average when you look at it year to date. Um, the third quarter was quite strong. We saw rents move up, um, but largely because we didn't see a lot of new registrations during that three uh, three month period. But if you take a look at the you know the downtown core over the last nine months or so, uh, that's up about one and a half percent when you look at rents on a per square foot basis. Um, some of the higher growth areas uh, are the um, neighborhoods that haven't seen a lot of new completions in recent years. So taking a look at like the south and north midtown markets, um, really not a lot of new supply over the last three years. And uh, it's, it's really starting to create uh, tight conditions and, and demand obviously growing much faster than supply, creating a situation where, uh, you know, rents around, you know, Young and Eglinton uh, are growing, uh, you know, 6% or so year over year. So I, I would say that, though, that, that that pocket of the city right now, at least, is, uh, is one of your higher growth, uh, one of your higher growth markets. Also along Bloor Street, um, even the downtown east, I, I would say, is slightly above average. Liberty Village uh, rents are, are starting to flatten a bit, but they've seen quite a bit of growth. And, um, and um, uh, City Place as well, still seeing uh, quite a bit of growth, even though uh, when it's, it's, it actually is one of, your, uh, one of your markets with higher turnover. Yeah, it's very interesting, City Place. Normally, uh, normally a market where most people would say, it's too many condos, you know, that's sort of the poster child of uh, the people who say, oh, there's too many condos in Toronto, look, it's never going to work out. But in fact, like you're saying, when you look at the numbers, uh, they're actually outperforming uh, the market in terms of growth. Well, you know what it is with, with areas like City Place and, and Liberty Village, um, they're obviously very well located. Um, and the units that trade in these markets are below average. Um, they're exceptionally small. They're, 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 they're usually below 700 square feet. So on an average monthly rent basis, um, they're, 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 they're well below average. So located very well uh, within the city, but offering uh, affordable options for renters. And uh, they see very high levels of demand as a result. 
Um, break out your crystal ball, if you don't mind. I know you've got one there on your desk. Um, so what, uh, where do you see the market really going over the next five years? You touched on um, the rental situation uh, improving after sort of 2016 and more growth uh, ahead. What else do you see sort of longer term, five-year projection? Where do you see things going? Um, yeah, like I said, I, I think we'll see a, a period of, of relative flatness over the next uh, two to three years. And then after that, I think we'll see both rental rates and price appreciation begin to pick up again. One of the obviously uh, strong variables that could impact the market are higher interest rates, but it seems as though uh, the timeline for, for interest rate increases keeps getting extended further out into the future. So it doesn't look like uh, interest rates are going to be a huge factor in, in, in the next few years. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned about the recent trends that we've been seeing in terms of employment growth and, and, and net migration into the city, um, and hopefully that will improve. Uh, hopefully it's just sort of a short-term uh, blip in a, in a longer-term upward trend. So net migration in, into the city last year um, was at one of its lowest levels of the past uh, of the past 10 years or so. And I think that's largely related to uh, the strength and, and, and economic growth that's been occurring out west. So we've seen a net outflow of people um, from the region moving out into, uh, into areas like Calgary, where the unemployment rate is uh, a full 3% percentage points lower than where it is here. Um, but that could change, uh, obviously, with what's happening to oil prices. Uh, economic growth may not be quite as strong out west as, as it has been in the last year or two. And, uh, and, and you know, the strength in the local financial sector, uh, despite the weakness that we've seen uh, in, in the volatility in recent weeks, uh, still supports a very healthy labor market. Um, so I, I think that um, it is sort of a shorter-term phenomenon, and, and, and as long as we see stable economic conditions and at least modest economic growth in the city over the next few years, I think that demand is going to continue to grow as well. One of the benefits that the condo market has in relation to other housing forms is an incredibly large affordability gap. So the biggest, one of the biggest stories I find in, in the Toronto housing market this year has been the continued and persistent rise in single detached home prices. So the difference between even even you know a condo and, and a row home or a semi-detached home in the city has grown to record levels, and it's a huge leap to move between those types of housing options. So an increasing share of the population is continuing to gravitate towards condominiums, and I really don't see that changing over the next few years. Um, you know, as, as long as, as, as single detached prices remain where they are, at least condos are going to remain uh, an even more accessible option to a greater share of the population over the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'd say to everyone as well. The the housing market, the housing prices really set the floor for the condo price where, you know, if, if prices of housing keep going up 8 10% a year, um, the prices of condos have nowhere to go but up as well as uh, more and more people are shut out of the housing market and, and they're forced to... Uh, their only option becomes a condo. Yeah, and this is why you're starting to see growing opportunities within the larger segment of the condo market. So one of the things that we've noticed recently is is very strong growth in resale demand for relatively older condos that offer more space and allow you to move up within the condominium market. Uh, Two-bedroom units, you know, over a 1,000 square feet, 
typically found in older buildings. Perhaps they need some work, but there's quite a bit of renova- renovation activity that's been occurring in these projects. And really, it's been it's been the strongest segment of growth uh, we've seen recently uh, within the broader condo market in, in terms of resales. And developers are starting to notice that as well. And you're starting to see a bit of a more diverse product mix coming into the marketplace, a relatively larger uh, allocation of, of, say, two-bedroom and two-bedroom plus den units in comparison to what was being offered over the previous few years. So that's interesting. What do you mean by that? You're saying uh, in the resale market, you're seeing the most amount of growth in the larger units. Do you have, uh, is that anecdotally or do you have numbers with to support that? Yeah, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but we've certainly been calculating them and and segmenting the market by um, unit size range, um, age of the building, obviously, and uh, unit types. And what we've noticed is that, again, larger unit types, two-bedroom plus uh, and thousand-plus square feet units, um, again, typically found in older buildings, uh, have experienced uh, well above average growth over the last year. Interesting. That's definitely a trend to watch for. Um, Like you said, so many buildings of the past couple of years in pre-construction have shifted their focus and their suite mix towards one bedrooms. But on the resale market side, you're seeing stronger demand for two bedrooms, quite possibly because people can't afford uh, to get into a house. So they're staying in a condo longer. They're looking for those larger suites to move up to from their you know studios and one bedrooms. Yeah, I think it's that. And it's also the downsizing uh, trend that we've seen as well. So not all people moving away from their single family home in retirement want to live in a one bedroom unit. They want more space as well. So I think the combination of those two factors are, are helping to drive that market. Um, now, Sean, I know you're a real estate investor yourself as well. When you are investing personally, what do you look for? Um, or, or what are you looking for now in, in investment properties for yourself? Um, well, when I look for uh, an investment within the condo market, um, I, I would typ- typically look to an area in a building that doesn't see a lot of turnover. So um, obviously, I'm, I'm privy to a lot of uh, detailed information, so I, I have access to a lot of uh, a lot of information on that front. But I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't typically tend to buy in, in a building that has a very high share of units that are rented out um, because there's always going to be a lot of turnover, whether it be in the rental market or in the resale market. And that tends to create, obviously, a lot of supply competition and limit uh, potential price appreciation. So I like to to to, to look at um, smaller scale buildings um, that don't see a lot of competing supply and are surrounded by single family homes that are relatively expensive. So I look for those areas that offer uh, relative value in relation to the surrounding markets in terms of price and also don't see a lot of supply turnover within the individual units. Makes a lot of sense. Um, Sean, is there anything else that no one has ever asked you about yourself or about the condo market or about urbanation, but that you wish that they would? Um, not really. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people in the media, and, and, and the last thing they always ask is, is there anything you want to add? So I always, I always <laughs> use that opportunity to, to kind of say my piece and make sure that I get everything I want to say in there. Um, but I will say that, you know, today's market is unbelievably competitive. Um, and, 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 you know, having access to, to data and accurate data is, is incredibly important. Um, if I can just, you know, sort of plug Urbanation for a second, it, it's just that, you know, we, we're the only company out there that, that monitors the market from every angle. So, you know, not only are we tracking new condo projects, we're tracking proposed projects. 
We're tracking resale projects. We're tracking tracking activity within the rental market. Altogether, all we're tracking over 650,000 condo units, and we have information on all of them: sales, pricing, inventory, suite mixes, uh, suite finishes, anything that that has to do with the project uh, in terms of uh, you know building amenities, uh, deposit structures, everything. And um, uh, we do that on a quarterly basis. The information is, is updated regularly. Um, we offer, you know, a, a lot of consulting assignments as well. Um, so uh, our clients and, and, and other developers and, and institutions and individual investors will come to us and ask us for studies on uh, particular sites, and, uh, and we put together recommendations on pricing and, and, and rent levels if that's the case. And uh, that's been sort of a, a very strong and growing portion of the business as well. So. Um, you know, we 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 take the care and the time to to get as accurate as information as possible, and uh, I think our our, our clients are, are quite appreciative of that. And uh, I think in, in today's market, it's it's just unbelievably important to have access to uh, to very fine levels of, of of information, particularly within the condo market. There really isn't a, a group like us, even within North America, that that tracks the condo market uh, specifically and in this level of detail. So uh, I think you know our market. Um, has benefited from having, you know, very wide open access to information and, and complete market knowledge, whereas others um, perhaps were, were, were kind of operating in more of a, uh, an, 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 an unknown state when it came to what was actually happening in the marketplace. That's great. Thanks, Sean. I really appreciate your time today, and thank you for sharing your insights with us. If people want to get a hold of you, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not big on social media myself. We, we do have a Twitter account, uh, at Urbanation, but, uh, I wouldn't be the, the person you'd be contacting if you went through that, but it would eventually get to me. Um, email is fine. I'm, I'm more than, than willing to provide my email address. It's Sean, S-H-A-U-N, at urbanation.ca. And, uh, feel free to, uh, to send me an email if you have any questions or, uh, want to chat at all about the real estate market. That's great. Okay. Thank you very much, Sean. And hopefully we can have you on the show again soon. Thank you. Okay, there you have my interview with Sean Hildebrand. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I certainly did. I had a lot of great things to say, and I'm sure I'll have him on the show again. Uh, maybe make it a quarterly thing or or, or uh, at, least, uh, at least twice a year to understand what's happening in the market. Uh, once again, for all the show notes on this episode and for links to uh, Urbanation and other things we talked about, uh, head on over to truecondos.com slash slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. And uh, once again, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for being coming a subscriber at truecondos.com. And until next time, I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.